Welcome to Going to Extras, the, it's all right, sports podcast hosted by myself, Aaron Stewart, and my good buddy, Adam Ferguson. What's going on, Adam? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I feel like it's been a long time since we've done this, but it really hasn't. It's only been a week. Our viewers haven't heard from us for two weeks because of technical difficulties yet again with our recording (laughs) app. (laughs) Let's hope that we're better with sports talk than we are with technical things. Hey, probably I say, not. I will say this is not my fault. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but what can you do? What can you do? Well, we, uh, there's, there's a, there's a lot of things going on in the world of sports right now. We just had the NBA draft. Uh, happen uh, this past Wednesday night. Um, we're not really going to dive too much into the NBA draft just because, um, I mean, I don't know. The it, Sixers got Curry, man. The Sixers the, got Curry. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Hey, I, will Curry. Say, I will say, Steph said that we got a good one. He tweeted to the Sixers and he's like, hey, you got a good one there. Um, and Seth shot 44% from the three-point line last year. So yeah, The biggest win, the biggest win of the offseason so far for the Sixers was getting rid of Al Horford's horrific contract. Maybe yeah. the worst contract in NBA history. It might be. Wow. Well, you heard it here first. They got out of it. And they got Danny Green out of it, too, which I'll yeah, take. Danny Green, not bad. I'll take that. Uh, you know, the, the biggest difference that we saw from the 76ers two years ago to the 76ers last year was they couldn't shoot. They lost J.J. Redick, they lost Jimmy Butler, they couldn't shoot. <laughs> Saying so, they couldn't shoot is putting it nicely. I, I was putting it nicely, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, not, man. They couldn't shoot. Now, uh, you know, you, you bring in you guys, and like you said, you unload that, that big contract. Uh, and let's also not forget – Doc, that's a Doc. huge. And, well, the biggest the biggest acquisition so far has been Daryl Morey. The man has been yeah. has been ridiculous in his his ventures so far in Sixers front office leadership. It's been it's been pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm I'm reading some of these NBA free agency or I'm sorry trades and things like that that are uh, in the works. I read something today about James Harden potentially joining. Uh, KD and Kyrie in the, would be, at the Nets would be a terrible fit. Terrible you, you've got to you have to think, man. Those are three ball dominant guards playing on the same squad. They're all going to want the ball. They're all going to want to take the last shot. And I just I don't see that work. Talent uh, talent can get you to the NBA Finals, but it does not win you the NBA Finals. I will say that. I think that that would be probably on paper the most talented team in the East. And they could probably take that talent and make the NBA Finals. But when you run into, you, also, it's crazy. LeBron James' prime started before Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, and it's most likely going to continue after their primes are over, just because of injuries and, and that kind of thing. I I I saw that today on Twitter. I mean, that's insane. But the talent can get him to the NBA Finals in the Eastern Conference. But when he runs into LeBron, the greatest player on the planet, LeBron James and you know, Anthony Davis in the Finals. It, it takes more than talent. It takes depth, and it takes 
that's the word I'm looking for here. It takes te- it takes depth and it takes cohesiveness on the yeah. floor. Uh, and I think those yeah chemistry. I think those three together are not a good fit. Not a good fit. Yeah. The um the Nets, you know, the Nets even before they brought in Durant and uh, and Kyrie, that was a good team. It was a good team, and they brought in they brought in those two guys. But you know, my question is, who do you have to unload to get Harden there? It's going to be uh, because Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie with with picks. So because if if that happens, then you're sacrificing what you were just talking about your depth. You know, you're giving up your depth uh, to bring in you know this this big three. But like you said, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds great on paper, but will it translate to the floor? Uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I, I don't think so, um, but you know, we'll see. It's not even hey, happened yet, so we'll see. Yeah, we also we didn't Adam. You and I didn't talk about this prior to, but I just want to say how how much of a bummer it is that Clay Thompson is going to miss the entire season again this year. As somebody that's, who's not necessarily a, a Warriors fan. I am a Clay Thompson fan, and I obviously the NBA is better when the Warriors are better, as much as it pains me to say. But you just don't want to see any player go through that kind of thing. That honestly, two years in a row. I think his career might be done. I really do. His his style of play doesn't rely a ton on athleticism. He's more of a catch and shooter and a good you know perimeter defender. So he doesn't need a ton of athleticism and a ton of explosion to play, but. Back-to-back injuries like that, not only physically, but but mentally. I, I yeah. honestly think that his career may be over, and it, it just stinks because he was such a fun player to watch because when he's hot, he's the best player on the floor, and it's he's not even a top 15 player in the NBA when he's healthy, and it's crazy. It's crazy, and, and it just stinks. Yeah. It, it's just a big bummer. Yeah, he uh, – yeah, I, I'll agree with you. He's, he's, he's just fun to watch, and he just seems like a good guy. He does. He just seems like a good guy. So, yeah, what a bummer for him. Two years in a row, he will sit out the entire NBA season uh, with an is it a, a torn Achilles? Achilles, yep. um, Achilles, yep. So, uh, which is what we happened will, to Durant again a few years right? ago. Yep. Yeah, we will again not see the Warriors at full strength this year. Just like they, last they year, made so. a move though. They made a move for Kelly Oubre that I think can can definitely help fill that gap that will be left by clay thompson kelly Oubre is not clay thompson but he is a he's a good fill-in for thompson and they got james weissman in the draft they still have wiggins for a trade piece if they want to or he can just play for them he i still think he's still pretty good he's a good supporting cast Mm -hmm. member they're gonna be good they they will make the playoffs but losing clay thompson definitely hurts their finals chances yeah well that's about all we're gonna talk about the nba because yeah, no big Frankly, free agents have after, signed yet. After after the first couple picks, it's just kind of, you know, there's this guy from Serbia and this guy from the Czech Republic <laughs> and this guy. From, and I don't know who any of those people are. Uh, no offense to those people. Uh, they w- most definitely will not listen to this podcast, so they won't be offended. So I shouldn't even apologize. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so we uh, we actually before we jump into uh, Adam and I are going to talk a little bit tonight about our midseason NFL awards. Uh, we are what maybe like a week or so late, but uh, whatever. We're going to talk about those. But before we do that, uh, in our podcast that we recorded last week that didn't air, uh, we were we were talking about we were proposing to uh, put up on our Facebook page a question for our listeners about um, what are some of your favorite yeah. and what are some of your least favorite 
uh, uniforms that you have seen in sports. And so um, I was going to post that question. I did not post the question because I was waiting to see if our episode was going to come up, which it did not. So hopefully this episode makes it out there to the airwaves and uh, we will be posting that question. So uh, real quick, Adam, uh, tell us, tell us what is one of your favorite uniforms you've seen in sports? What is one of your least favorites? The chargers baby blue. And I feel like that's such a, a, a basic answer because everybody loves them, but I love those chargers powder blue ones. They speak for yourself. I do not love them. Well, you're a Broncos fan. That makes sense. That, that makes that's complete, true. complete sense. Um, I big fan of how those look. And then last week I said this and I, I still think they're the ugliest jerseys of all time was the Denver Broncos rotten banana yellow jerseys throwbacks from, from a few years ago. Just what is that color? Con- they had to have known that it, it literally looked like they were wearing costumes that looked like a rotten banana. They had to have known what they looked like. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you there. They're pretty horrendous. Uh, I, I said last week to Adam, um, one of my favorites, I'm a big, I'm a big blue fan. I like the color blue, but I also like when blue is complemented by like a black or a dark gray. And so, um, I said, one of my favorites is actually the Detroit lions, uh, Thanksgiving day uniforms where they wear, uh, their dark gray uniforms with like the, the blue shoulders. Uh, I just think they look really, really sharp. And uh, I'm going to make an enemy out of Adam here again two weeks in a row and say that my least favorite uniforms that I have seen are when the Pittsburgh Steelers wear their black and yellow uh, prison inmate uniforms. Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee. Bumblebee. I don't want to call it that because I feel like it's disrespectful to Bumblebee from Transformers because he looks cool and those uniforms are horrendous. It's all right to say. Just say that you have no taste. If you say that, then I'm good with that take. I have great taste. Horrible take by you then. <laughs> oh my. All right. So uh, be, uh, be looking out on our Facebook page um, for that post. Um, the link to our Facebook page will be in the description of this episode. Uh, so head on over there, join the conversation, post some pictures, let us know what you think of Adam and I, our opinion of our favorites and our least favorites. I know there's got to be some Steelers fan or some Steelers haters out there that agree with me. So, uh, there's Steelers haters everywhere. That's right. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to jump into our mid season NFL awards for our 2020 season. Adam and I have not, have not shared with one another, uh, the, the awards that we're giving out. We, um, all we did was come up with a list of the awards, but we do not know who the other person is giving that award to. We're going to find out uh, live on air Let, with everybody else. Let's go. Let's go one at a time. Let's start with each one and go and okay. go with each other here. So uh, give me your MVP. Let's start with the MVP. All righty. So my MVP, um, which is becoming, I would say a little bit, I mean, you could say it's becoming a little bit controversial at the beginning of the season. We thought that this was going to be a runaway uh, for Russell Wilson um, I'm still going to stick with Russell Wilson. Um, however, it's not to, to me, it's not as concrete as it was through like week four, week five. He through the first four or five weeks looked like he was leaps and bounds better than any other quarterback or, or playing better than any other quarterback in the league setting records. And you, whether or not, 
you can attribute it to his running backs getting injured and him, you know, maybe having to do more, or I, I don't really know what you attribute it to, but he has not looked the same recently as he has at the start of the season, but I'm going to stick with Russell Wilson. But I will say, if you ask me again in a week or two, that's how close I am to, to taking Russell Wilson away and giving it to, you know, well, I won't say in case you're going to, Pass up for oh, somebody else. But who, who do you got? The greatest quarterback walking the face of the earth, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, almost 2,700 yards, 25 touchdowns to one interception. By the way, that one interception is the only turnover by him this season. No fumbles, just one pick. 25 to one. Uh, like you said, earlier this season, it would have been Russell Wilson just because he was willing the Seahawks to win. But he, as of late, the games that they've lost, a lot of it has been on his shoulders, and the Chiefs are winning because of Patrick Mahomes. Now, a lot of times, you'll see the MVP go to the player that's may not be the best in the NFL or the best in the league. Like, I don't think Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA, but he deserves the MVP. In this situation, the MVP is going to the clear-cut best player in the National Football League, and it's Patrick Mahomes. The, the man is unbelievable. I don't think it's a close race. Um, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, they're all going to get to do the honor of, of battling it out for second place in the, in the uh, MVP votes, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, the uh, if you ask me in a week, it, it might not be Russ, man. He's made some, he has made some, some poor decisions. He's not taking care of the ball. Uh, these last three or four. Now we did see him play against the Cardinals uh, last night. He did not look bad, but again, he didn't look like he did. And oh, they ran the ball the down Arizona's throat four or five. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, uh, I'm sticking with Russell now, but in a week or so, I mean, he's, he's got, he's got to prove something. Also, um, before we move on, but, I think that the MVP should change because I think you've got the offensive player of the year and you've got the MVP. And most of the time, the MVP goes to a quarterback because they are the most valuable position. I think there ought to be an offensive player of the year and a quarterback of the year. And the quarterback of the year is treated like the MVP because we're probably never going to see another non-quarterback win the MVP. Last time it happened was Adrian Peterson. And you tell me right now what running back is valued more than any starter in the NFL starting quarterback. You, you just can't, you can't. Yeah. So I'm just putting that out there, yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you pick the next, you pick so, the next category. Uh, we'll, we'll go, we'll go with you. Oh, Ooh. Okay. Let's go. Let's just, we'll, we'll jump to offensive player of the year. Um, because I feel like my offensive player of the year is probably not most people, but, I have my reason for it, but you go ahead. And my go offensive player of the year is Dalvin cook running back for the Minnesota Vikings. He's got uh, a ridiculous season so far. He has matched his 2019 total touchdowns uh, of 13. He's got that already this season. And the last few weeks, the Minnesota Vikings have put themselves in playoff position. And it is pretty much been all on the back of Dalvin cook. Uh, and rarely do I say running backs win games, but in the case of the Minnesota Vikings, 
the running back position has won them football games because it's definitely not been Kirk Cousins. It has not been Kirk Cousins. It's not been – I mean, their defense has been okay. But when you look at the box score and you look at how that game was won, it's because Dalvin Cook is putting up 200 yards a game over the last three weeks. It's insane. That's my offensive yeah. player of the year. And honestly, I don't think that one's that close either. It could go to a quarterback. It honestly could. I'm trying to treat the two separately. Uh, the offensive player of the year, it goes to the best offensive player that's not a quarterback in my position, in, in my opinion. I'm trying to keep them separate because you could put Aaron Rodgers there. You, you really could. But I'm trying to separate the two by position, essentially. And it's going to go to Dalvin Cook for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of shocked to hear you say that because that's my that was mine as well. Um, and the reason that I said that it was that I might, you know, that it might just be a little out of the blue is just because you have, like you said, quarterbacks and you've got Patrick Mahomes, you got Russell Wilson, you got Aaron Rodgers. When you're talking running backs, you've got, you know, Derrick Henry. Um, you could even, you know, DeAndre Hopkins in his first year in Arizona is having a great year. But um, I saw I saw this meme a couple weeks ago, and I think this is just the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it just depicts the Minnesota Vikings perfectly. It was like this beat up old, like double wide trailer run down with a like little portico thing over the top of it and a Ferrari <laughs> parked underneath it. And it said like the trailer was the Minnesota Vikings and the Ferrari was yeah. Dalvin cook. And I, you, you can't, you can't argue that man. He's got uh, 174 rush attempts. He's, he's, he's real close to a thousand yards this season, 12 touchdowns. And like, I mean, like you said, he is literally the reason why um, the Minnesota Vikings have won football games. If you take him off of that squad, they're just not good. They're not good. He makes Kirk Cousins better. Um, with, you know, he opens up the field. He's, he's, he's just that good. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you can, again, you're talking about, like you said, I mean, you gave Patrick Mahomes all the credit in the world. He's the best, he's the best quarterback on the planet right now. Um, and, and it, again, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the reason why the chiefs are winning, uh, you know, are winning football games, but this is, this is like, I mean, I, I agree with you to an extent about the running backs. Typically the running back is not, is not the reason why you win football games. But in this case, Dalvin Cook, he is absolutely 100% the reason why the Minif the Minnesota Vikings are winning football games and why, you know, their record is. I what mean, it the is. guy. So I give him the, the guy uh, is averaging close to five and a half yards a carry, and yeah. it's it's insane what he's doing. It's insane, and I, I think honestly yep. that might be the only one that we agree on. And it kind of shocked you. I'd be shocked if you had any of the other ones that I have, but that might be the only one that we agree on. Um, you might, uh, we, it I will I think surprise we might have me. Two, it will we'll, surprise we'll me if we have any of the same, any of the same. So let's right. go. Uh, I want to go offensive rookie of the year. Give me, give me your offensive rookie of the year. Uh, all right. I think I know where you're going to go Probably. with this. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Um, I just feel like he's, he's come in and he's, he's just played, he's played well, uh, in Cincinnati. I think, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make an assumption that you're going to go Justin Herbert here. Um, which I mean, if, if you are, I, I, I can't really argue with you. He's played well, but, um, I think you could really go either way there. Uh, I went with Joe Burrow just because, 
uh, I don't hate him already. So. I mean, you do realize that Joe Burrow has uh, close to a 13 point percentage point deficit to Justin Herbert in terms of passer rating. You do know that, right? With one more yeah. game. He does have one more game played, but I mean, you're right. Justin Herbert is the clear, clear choice for offensive rookie of the year. The man has uh, 2,300 yards, 19 touchdowns of six interceptions, which is more than Joe Burrow's 12 to five. And he's played one more game. He's also got a 102, almost a 103 quarterback rating. The man is just, he just gets the quarterback position and the chargers, as much as you might hate it, cause you are a, uh, you're a Broncos fan. The chargers have found their quarterback for the next 15 years. The guy is an absolute baller and he is killing it. His first start took to, took the chiefs to overtime in a start where he found out he was starting 30 minutes before kickoff. Cause the starting quarterback got stabbed in the chest for you know, lack of a better term, maybe for dramatic effect, but it, it, Justin Herbert gets the quarterback position and he makes it look easy. He's got a better completion percentage than Joe Burrow more. Obviously he's got more touchdowns. He's, he doesn't have as many yards, but I'll tell you, Joe Burrow has played one more game than Justin Herbert has, and there's less than 150 yards separating the two. So the man just makes the quarterback position look easy, and uh, the Chargers have a good one. They, How lucky were, are they to go from Phillip Rivers, who, while he's not a Hall of Famer, he was never the best in the league, really, at, at the quarterback position, but they go from Phillip Rivers to another stud in Justin Herbert. We're, we're, we're looking at Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers' level of luck there for the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, uh, to me, it's it's they're both right there. You can make the argument for either one of them. I just have a little bit of disdain for Justin Herbert. I, I mean, I, I like I like the guy, but that's why I charter, think we're not so. going to have any similar because uh, you've got disdain for some other teams as well that I've got players on here. So we'll we'll see. Well, I guess we'll find out. So we have hit MVP, we've hit Offensive Player of the Year, we've hit Offensive Rookie of the Year. Why don't you hit me with your comeback? See, this one is going to be the, the most year. controversial because everybody and their mother, Maybe everybody not. and their mother is wanting to give this award to Alex Smith. And I'm here to tell you that the comeback player of the year award is not a feel good overcoming adversity award. It's for the player who didn't play the year before, who's coming back in the league and playing well. And Alex Smith is not playing well. You know who's playing well? Hmm. The quarterback that is nine and zero and missed fourteen games the season before and should be getting MVP votes, Ben Roethlisberger, twenty three hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns to four picks, one hundred and three passer rating. Again, nine and zero. It, there, it's end of story. I don't care that Alex Smith almost lost his leg. I don't care. That's not what the award is about. The award is about a player who didn't play the season before or multiple seasons before, I guess, in Alex Smith's case, but comes back and is playing well. And is in, in Ben's case, he's playing MVP caliber football. It just so happens that he happens to play in the same league as Patrick Mahomes, but he should be getting MVP votes because he's took the team that was eight and eight with the worst quarterback play in the league and has him at nine and zero and completely turned them around in ways that no one saw coming. The people that say Alex Smith deserves this award because of the severity of his injury do not understand the purpose of this award at all, at all. Yeah. So shockingly, wow. I agree. I agree with you. I give the I give I give this to Big Ben because uh, I agree with you as well. 
Uh, we have not seen really a large sample size of Alex Smith or anything like that. Three I mean, games. He's, he's played games. a couple of games. One touchdown and, in three and games. And he's, 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 yeah, he's not played great. So, uh, so yeah, so the come the comeback player of the year has to be Big Ben. He's got his team at nine and zero. Um, you know, leading, not, well, not a, not only leading the division, but beating one of the AFC favorites to go to the Super Bowl this year in the Ravens. And I believe they have another matchup coming up here in a week or so. They do Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, so that I mean that'll be a good one to watch. But uh, I, I don't see how you can argue. I don't see how how you can put anybody in the NFL ahead of Big Ben. Not more. I mean, even even more so because of how old he is coming back from it after not playing for a season and things like that. Uh, you remember? Do you, do you remember it when people to. in the offseason were saying that the Steelers had the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North? Do you remember that? Did, 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 did Mike Tannenbaum, the yep. former general manager of the Jets, mind you, the the general manager under the Mark Sanchez era. New York Jets said that Ben Roethlisberger was the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North behind behind Baker Mayfield, which an absolute joke. Joe Burrow, who hadn't taken a snap, and then the unanimous unanimous NFL MVP. And I'm here to tell you, I'm telling you right now, the Steelers have the best quarterback in the AFC North because you know who's got more passing yards than Lamar Jackson this year? Dak Prescott, who hasn't played since week five, has more passing yards than Lamar Jackson this year. Ben Roethlisberger is the clear best quarterback in that division. And he should be getting MVP consideration, but it just so happens that Patrick Mahomes is is alive. So that there's there's that. Uh, but I am shocked that you picked Big Ben. I, I would have been, I, I would have, I would have put money on you being an Alex Smith guy. I would have. Well, I'm here to surprise. I'm here to make waves. That makes up for your take about the Steelers jerseys. See, I have great taste. For now, I'm, I'm sure it'll get. I'm sure it'll get ruined within the next taste. three to four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was my that was my choice. So go ahead yeah, and lead us uh, into uh, another let's one. Let's go with uh, Coach of the Year. I want your Coach of the Year. Ooh. Yeah, uh, this one I got to go. I got to give it to Brian Flores from uh, Miami. Um, he's uh, he he is doing things with that team that. I think at the start of the season, nobody thought was, was even close to happening. Uh, they are second place in the division. They are right in the thick of it for a playoff run. Um, granted, uh, their, their new franchise quarterback that they drafted didn't even play until a couple of weeks ago. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was leading, uh, leading that team and winning ball games. And, um, you know, I, the the expectations he has he has far far exceeded expectations uh, for that team so far this year and uh, you know I wrestled a little bit I thought about um, you know uh, McDermott from Buffalo um, I I have a feeling that you know that Adam's gonna say Mike Tomlin here and uh, you know I did wrestle with that one too but um, last year the Steelers were a quarterback away. And they got their franchise quarterback back. So to me, it's not. Um, while, while I mean, while that's that's great, and that's you know, if you're a Steelers fan, to me, the Flores doing what he's doing in Miami far and exceeding what was expected of them at the beginning of the season that carries a lot of weight to me 
when it comes to you must have missed all of the talking heads on ESPN and Fox Sports saying the Steelers were going to go six and ten, seven and nine, five and eleven this season. You you must have missed all the talking heads say they had the the worst quarterback in that division on top of their head coach being the third longest tenured head coach in the NFL. I'm talking about Mike T, the third longest head coach in the NFL, tenured head coach in the NFL, 14 straight seasons. Actually, I, I let me every season he's been a head coach, 14 years has not had a losing record and that again, this season has will not have a losing record. Has his team at 9 and 0, best team in the NFL. It, it can't be anybody but Mike. I get I get Brian Flores. I get what he's doing in Miami. I understand it. But Mike Tomlin at nine and zero, and never having a losing season, the the he got the Jets lost from last year, lost him coach of the year in my eyes. But this season, the, what he's doing at this point in the year, Mike Tomlin's your coach of the year. I don't. I I, I get Brian Flores is is really good in Miami, and he has that team playing really good football. I get that, but he's not nine and zero. He's not nine and zero. He's not undefeated. He's not the only undefeated team left. Um, I think that speaks more than yeah. taking a below average to six and three, a below average team to six and three, especially with what everyone was saying to start the year about how bad the Steelers were going to be. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's fair. Um, <clears throat> nine and zero. It's the first time the Steelers have have ever been nine and zero. If yep. I Yep. If I remember that right. Um, so, and, and, and to be nine and zero in the national football league is that's an accomplishment. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen often. So uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not surprised that you went Tomlin. Um, and I'm not even saying that just because you're a Steelers fan. Uh, I think that, you know, the arguments there, the arguments there for Flores, and like I said, you could even maybe kind of make an argument for McDermott from Buffalo, but um you know, I just I, I I like what what Flores is Flores doing would Miami. be my second choice. So I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. Um. So, coach of the year. Let's jump to the defensive side of the ball, and let's go defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Who you got? T.J. Watt, defensive player of the year. Nine sacks, an interception, six pass knockdowns. 14 tackles for a loss. He's second in the NFL in sacks. He's second in the NFL in terms of, of defensive linemen, I believe, in passes knocked down. He's second in the NFL in tackles for loss. He's the most dominant edge rusher in the game currently. I'm not saying defensive lineman, edge rusher in the game currently. Um, he may not lead in any statistical category, but he's top five in every single statistical category. And it's an absolute joke that he didn't win it last year, but this is the year that TJ Watt takes home defensive player of the year. And that man is about to be rich. He is going to make a lot of money and the Steelers ought to hand him over a blank check. That's my pick for defensive player of the year. (laughs) Is it, is it fair to say that there is a chance that JJ Watt could join his nah. brother in Pittsburgh at some point so. in his they career? They don't have the cap no. room. Big Ben's got so much money tied to him right now at the end of his career that they, they don't have the cap room to sign anybody or trade for anybody like that. I I, I think that's a, a pipe dream. Yeah. All right. Well, um, when I was when I was coming up with this one, right right now I I guess you could say I have it as a tie. 
Um, but just to play, I, I had TJ Watt with a slight edge, but just so we're not saying the same answer, I'll go with my number two. Um, so jokes on you again, because we did agree. Uh, but I'm going to go with my number two, just for the sake of conversation. Uh, and I'm I gonna, swear gonna if you say it. miles, oh, you're Garrett. Gonna hate it. <laughs> I'm going to say miles Garrett. Uh, he is, he, he has seven tackles for loss, 23 tackles, nine and a half sacks. He's got four force fumbles, two recovered. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's playing, he's, he's playing better than, than, than most defensive players in the league. And, uh, I also, I mean, obviously you have to consider Aaron Donald for this as well, because Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I give it to TJ Watt, but for the sake of conversation, I went, um, I went with miles Garrett. TJ Watt has, uh, twice as many tackles for loss, twice as many QB hits, uh, which means he's getting to the quarterback, uh, faster and, you know, he's, he's getting to the quarterback more, but, um, you know, just devil's advocate. I'm going miles. Garrett, And I, and I also, the reason that I put it as a tie was because I was like, I was pretty sure you were going to go TJ Watt and I knew you were going to hate that. I said miles Garrett. So I just wanted to since, include that in the conversation. Said- um, and miles Garrett has miles Garrett has done all this this year without smacking. Oh, a it's quarterback shocking in the head that, that, that he is able to keep such calm and demeanor by not swinging helmets around and hitting players in the head with it. Oh, that's what an upstanding citizen. Oh, it's tremendous. <laughs> But since you prefaced, <laughs> since you prefaced it Good for by him. saying that TJ Watt was your first pick, and for the sake of conversation, let's talk about Miles Garrett. I'm good with that. To me, that's that's you saying that TJ Watt's the best defensive player in the league this year. I don't see how he can't be. I don't see how he can't be, and that's saying a lot that you're putting even TJ Watt not even over Miles Garrett, but over Aaron Donald. Because let's be honest, Aaron Donald's not. not having a bad not. season. It's just TJ Watt either. has done more across um, the board than Aaron Donald. But they play different positions. I get it. They do play different positions. It's easier, and I say right. easier very lightly, to get uh, tackles for a loss in TJ Watt's position than it is Aaron Donald's position because Aaron Donald's is in the trenches. He is. Uh, it, it, he's getting double, triple teamed. But TJ Watt yeah. coming off the edge, it's easier to get tackles for loss. But I just think that TJ Watt does so many things at a higher level than Aaron Donald does. Uh, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football, but TJ Watt just does more. He does more than what Aaron Donald does. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Donald also being double teamed and being triple teamed because he's Aaron Donald. Oh, it's unreal. Still has nine I, I think he might, the at the end well, of his so. career, he might be the best defensive player of all time. It's unbelievable, but yeah, it, he's having an yeah. unreal season. I just, you got to give it to TJ because he just has so many more stats. Yep. Yep. That is fair. And that leads us to our final question. The defensive rookie. Of I got the chase year. young. Who do you have, um, I think he looks like an absolute force. He doesn't have the greatest sack or numbers in the world. He's got three and a half sacks. He's got a forced fumble, but I think him playing on not a great team and still being as good as he is, um, I think gives him the nod for best defensive rookie in the league this year. Um, I'm not sure really how many other people have the argument. I know Patrick Queen in Baltimore is really good. Um, I just think that I, I think you have to give it to Chase Young uh, this season. Yeah, uh, we saw a lot of him, didn't we, uh, when he was in college? <laughs> and didn't I didn't like him, like him at he's, all. He's pretty darn good at football. But, uh, 
but he is he is pretty he is pretty he is really good he is really good um i i went with uh antoine solid Winfield pick. jr here pick. uh in tampa bay um because he's 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 just he's playing really well he's playing uh plays safety he's playing really well uh, he's got one interception on the season he has played in every game um he's he's he what i'm looking here 52 tackles uh he's got one or two sacks, I believe two sacks, you know, he's, um, lightning quick. Uh, you know, I just, I like him, but again, this is one of those things where it could have been, it could have been Winfield. Like you said, it could have been, uh, Patrick queen. Uh, what's his name from Baltimore? You just a Patrick queen. Yeah. I was blanking on his first name. Uh, I wanted to call him <laughs> lightning McQueen from cars and I knew that wasn't it. So, <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, you could make an argument yeah. for, for, yeah. I think either of those three, um, chase young is, is he's right there as well. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the remainder of the season. But, um, but yeah, uh, that is our NFL 2020 slightly later than mid season awards. Um, again, follow the link in the, uh, episode description below Yeah, I'm and uh, let us know yep. what you think. Uh, we'll post. Yeah, we'll post the template here, um, and you you guys can can fill out, you know, put your players in there, leave some comments, let us know if we're right or we're wrong, and why you think we're wrong or whatever. Uh, and we, you know, we would love to engage with you guys uh, on the Facebook page about that. So, um, with that said, we have uh, two NFL games that we wanted to cover uh, for this coming week. We had one NFL game that happened last night, which was actually. Uh, I was able to watch that one, and uh, it was a good game. It, it didn't yeah, it disappoint. I enjoyed that game. Um, the it, it came down to you know the fourth quarter, and I, I just hate 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 when it's a prime time game and you're excited. You know, you think that the two teams are gonna, you know, that it's gonna be close, and you know it's gonna be a fun game to watch, and then you turn it off at halftime because it's 42 to 10. And uh, th- these are the games that I want to see on primetime. So that was a good one. Seattle coming out 28 to 21 uh, over Arizona. Didn't look like Kyler Murray. I don't know. I know he was having yeah. some issues with his shoulder last night, but he did not look comfortable. He did not look comfortable uh, standing in the pocket and, and throwing and, uh, just literally seemed like they could not get anything going against what is seemingly one of the worst defenses in the NFL. But their de- Seattle's defense, I don't know. It looked like they flipped the switch last night. All of a sudden, they out, knew how to play football. Um, which is something that we said they needed to do to remain Super Bowl contenders. So uh, keep an eye on that over the next couple of weeks. The addition of Carlos Dunlap, is it seems like it's working. He had a sack last night. Um, it It... It feels like, like you said, they flipped a switch and something is happening there on defense where it's starting to kind of mesh together and um, start working for them. So it's interesting to keep an eye out the rest of the way. But uh, in terms of uh, this week's games, week 11, uh, I'm, I'm going to hand it to you to talk about the Titans and Ravens game, a rematch of the upset that happened in last year's playoffs, because you can try to be as unbiased as possible uh, about the Ravens, because we all know that I cannot be unbiased about the Ravens. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and, and on paper, this has all the fixings to be a, a great football game again. I am hoping that it is. Uh, when the Titans played the Steelers and it looked like it was going to be a blowout in the first half and 
uh, it became a good one to watch in the second half um, <laughs> for me, not for you, but I'm hoping that this is one of those games, man. I'm hoping that this is, that this is close the whole way through. Um, uh, I do see here listed on the injury report, Trace McSorley has been deemed out. So that is relevant to absolutely nothing, but I just wanted to let you know that because I'm out. I'm not uh, watching the game. I'm not watching the game. Trace doesn't play. You don't get my eyes. Not watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. Suit him up. Um, No, but so, uh, man, you got, you got Tennessee and Baltimore each scoring 20 uh, Tennessee at 27.7 per game, Baltimore 27.1. What, you know, maybe gives Baltimore an edge here points allowed. They're, they're allowing almost like nine to 10 points uh, less per game at 18.3 to 26.1. So um, I, I mean, I feel like this is easy to say and it's all, maybe it's maybe, maybe it could even be deemed lazy for me to say, but literally what this is going to come down to is can, can Baltimore get ahead early? And we've said it before on this podcast and I'll say it again, Lamar Jackson cannot, well, I won't say he cannot, but he historically has not shown that he can win a game in the fourth quarter when he has to throw the ball. So if Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry can come out, build an early lead, take a lead into the second half, uh, work the clock in the third, you know, fourth quarter and, and force Lamar Jackson to have to throw the ball and, and win the game with his arm. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. I think literally in these games, the coin toss can be so critical when playing the Baltimore Ravens. If you can, if, if I'm honest, if I'm an NFL coach and I'm playing the Baltimore Ravens and I win the coin toss, I'm taking the ball. If I'm playing Baltimore, I'm taking the ball because I want to go out. If you know, obviously if I have confidence, like, in, in my offense, which I don't, you, you have to have a confidence in Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry because they're, they're just playing great. If you can, if they can go out and they can put seven up on that first possession and literally have Baltimore playing from behind, um, your odds of winning that game are, they're high. They're high. Uh, especially if you can, if you can maintain that lead throughout the game and force Lamar Jackson they are two the teams that play very similar styles of football. Um, they are more comfortable with the lead, obviously, as most teams should be, because their strengths on offense are is, is the running game. Um, so look for the team to – I think if a team does get up two scores in that game, they hold on and win. Um, just because of how similar, similar they are on offense and the way that they're built. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, I'll have my eyes on that game because it's it's a divisional it's a divisional opponent for the Steelers uh, to see how they do. It's a must-win game for the Ravens. It absolutely is a must-win game for Baltimore. Yeah, they cannot go into Thanksgiving four games out of first place because you got to think that the Steelers will beat the Jaguars. It's it's uh, you 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 know you've got to think that. But I thought the Steelers were going to hand it to the Dallas Cowboys. Is, and, I mean, it is it is what it is. Is it is what it is. We, we all but saw how you, that you have to, Baltimore <laughs> cannot go into Thanksgiving with a four-game deficit in the division because that will essentially end the season. Because Pittsburgh's got such a ridiculously easy schedule to end the yeah. year that, at worst, they could finish thirteen and three. So if the Ravens lose this game, I think that the I think that they lose the AFC North. I really do. Um, the game I want to yeah, they have the 
sorry, go ahead. Uh, or they have the Ravens as five and a half, five and a half point uh, favorites. And I'm looking here on ESPN. The matchup predictor has them at a has them at a 68 percent chance of winning this game, which I'm not really sure. I, I don't really understand how you can give them. Yeah. 68 to me that's a coin toss that's that's more 50 yeah. 50 than 67 yeah. 31 or 32 you know so uh but it'll well, be fun yeah, one to watch the, for sure so you were saying yeah i want to um, talk about the game uh, you wanted to talk about the raiders a a rematch that we are seeing from earlier on in the season where the raiders upset the chiefs in a high scoring affair um this game is sunday night football it's prime time it's in vegas so Chiefs go on the road, and the uh, Raiders did beat Kansas City in their home stadium. So uh, this is an interesting one. Um, I I honestly don't think that the Raiders have a chance in this one. I don't think that they get the sweep uh, this year of the Chiefs. That is a monumental task uh, of any team to do, to win two games against the, the Kansas City Chiefs in one season. Um, the spread in this game uh i'm trying to find it here i believe it was 10 the last eight the last time i looked it was it was 10 so it went down to eight and i think you got to take the chiefs minus the points because i think this one could get ugly uh the chief honestly this is another it's a must-win game for the chiefs because with that one but the the one the by week that you get in the playoffs going to the singular number one seed, they're battling the Steelers for that number one seed. And it's very odd that a team with one loss is not in position to be that number one team. It just so happens that the Steelers are undefeated. So they need to try and come out and win every game and then see what the Steelers do uh, to try to get that bye week because that bye week can be so important in such a weird NFL season that we've seen uh, with, with everything COVID related that's happening. That bye week is precious. And I think that they need to win every game they can. And this seems like one that they need to go in and, and win by two scores. Uh, to feel good about themselves. So I think you got to take the Chiefs yeah. in this one. And this is, you know, let's let's not be naive. This is a pride. This is, this is a game for pride. Uh, they, like you said, the, the Vegas Raiders came into Kansas City and beat them at home. And, you know, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they would love nothing more yep. than to give that back to the Raiders playing in Vegas. Um, and not only do they want to, I think they will, and they absolutely can. Uh, the chiefs are a better team on paper. They play like a better team. Now these division games, you know, as well as I do, any division team can beat any, anybody in their division on any given Sunday. But ever since that loss that, that the chiefs took, uh, the first time that these two teams played earlier Mm -hmm. in the season, this game has been circled. This is a, this is a, we're going to go out. I, like you said, this will not be close. This will not be close. Um, You're going to see, you're going to see Patrick Mahomes play out of his mind. You're going to see Andy Reid coach, you know, a great game as he, as he always does. Um, I, I I don't think this is going to be close. (laughs) This is going to be a fun one to watch for me because uh, this is the AFC West. uh, And, you know, I, they're, they're not neither, you know, obviously they're not playing the Broncos. So, and the Broncos are out of the playoffs. So I don't really care who wins. Uh, I actually am a Patrick Mahomes fan. I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. Um, Ever. even though he's going to be in my division for <laughs> his career. Uh, 
but I, I, you know, because, because Denver's three and six, I can root for Mahomes this year. So that's probably who I'm pulling for in this game is the chiefs. Um, I, I just, I really think, yeah, it's not, I think it's, it's looking bad for the Raiders just because of what the chiefs have at stake here. So, um, taking the chiefs minus the points yep. uh, at that one. This is a so. state, a statement game saying you know we lost the last so. one but yeah. that's not going to happen well that's again. uh that's going to do it for the week 11 matchups so. uh we're kind of low on time here anything else on your mind before we before we wrap it up here buddy uh you know other than the philadelphia phillies still need to <laughs> sign jt rail muto uh and dd gregorius uh i want both of them and i want them now and it hasn't <laughs> happened and it's ticking me off needs to happen and i might even for i might even write an email to uh to the to the phillies you know ownership and and management team and (laughs) and include the link to this podcast um and say hey just you can fast forward all the way to the end but just listen to the last two minutes because this is this is what you need to do i could do your job better than you are doing your job i don't understand why he has not been signed yet i read an article today that that conversations are happening about Carlos or I'm sorry, not uh, Carlos Beltran, Yadier Molina coming to Philadelphia. Stop with it. Stop with it. We want JT catcher in baseball, and we want like, him now. What? I don't care. I don't, I don't care how much you have to pay this man. I don't care how much it handcuffs it or easy. cripples Relax. you. I still owe Bryce care. Harper a lot of money. Relax. Nope. Yeah. Bryce Harper, when he signed in Philadelphia, structured his contract in a way that would allow the Phillies to go out and bring other players like JT Realmuto in. And if they don't, Bryce Harper has every right, every right to be pissed off because he he is taking less money per year literally so the Phillies can build this team. He doesn't want to come in here and be the only guy. He said, I'll structure my contract so you can bring other guys in. And the Phillies have the money. They're, they are a big market team. They have the money. They need to spend the money. This is the best catcher in baseball, defensively and offensively. It's not even a question. He will be the highest paid catcher in baseball uh, when he signs whatever deal. The thing is, he will be that highest paid catcher wherever he goes. He will get paid. If the Phillies are... Are, are thinking that they're going to get him for some home field or hometown discount because he enjoyed his time here for the last Not year and a half. Get out of here. We saw how that worked last year with Cole Hamels. They tried to bring Cole Hamels in for $8 million for the season. And the Braves said, no, we'll take him for 16. It's these players. This is their job. This is their job. And that, you know, why would you, why would you take 8 million when you can take 16. I'm, I'm still waiting on the going to. to field an actual baseball team. So we'll see. I'm going to be waiting. I'm going to be waiting. Well, I'm going to be waiting a long time. Yeah, I don't even know what to say <laughs> about that. We'll be, we'll be 75 years old sitting on a front porch, uh, talking sports, and you'll still be saying that sooner than I would thought. Well, I'm <laughs> be, like I said, I'm optimistic. I have great taste before they're good. All right. Well, uh, 
your grandchildren <laughs> well, might not even uh, see that's that. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Going to Extras. I uh, wanted to take the time to thank everybody who stops by or, or stops and takes time to listen to uh, us do these podcasts. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Every set of ears is is much appreciated by us. So uh, for my buddy Aaron, I'm Adam. Thank you once again for listening to Going to Extras. Thank <laughs> you.